Welcome to Settle Smart, a podcast produced by the National Structured Settlements Trade Association and hosted by Executive Director Eric Vaughn. Our podcasts are an educational resource about structured settlements for people who have settled a personal injury lawsuit to help them understand their best options for financial security. This can include you or a loved one who was injured in an automobile accident, injured on the job, or suffered from any number of injuries. We are here to help. We believe your injury settlement is your money, so keep it safe. Now, here's your host, Eric Vaughn. This is our first podcast, a Settle Smart podcast for 2023. And I can't think of two people I would rather kick the year off with than uh, two winners. And I mean that sincerely with what you've accomplished uh, legislatively, but also with ABLE accounts across the country. So let me get started. If you don't mind, jump right into it. We have with us Eric Akmanov, who's the National Director of the ABLE Today program. I understand. And you've something you've launched. You developed this just last year. We'll have you talk a little bit about that. And we're really pleased to have with us the National Outreach Lead, Mark Raymond Jr. So let me get started with you, Eric. Would you just uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing and how you got to the point where you've set up and established ABLE Today? What is ABLE Today? Yeah. Well, as always, Eric, it's great to talk to you. It's great to work with NASTA. You know, going back to my days as the director of the Ohio program, uh, working with NASTA has been a great partnership, obviously, both in our state and across the country. And last year, I was able to be hired to the National Association of State Treasurers, where I was tasked with developing and launching the first ever national outreach and partnership development program that's sponsored through NAST and in conjunction with all the ABLE programs in the country. You know, As you know, and your members might know, the only place where all the ABLE programs all work together as a national alliance is the National Association of State Treasurers. And so we developed a, a new initiative, a new tool called ABLE Today. It's helping to raise the awareness and the brand of what ABLE counts are. And we do national partnership development, just like with NASTA. Instead of having you work with the 46 states in Washington, D.C., you can work through NAST and we can help facilitate through our members, same as you and your great leadership do, NASTA, Eric. And then we also work to help to get more resources and more information out to the disability community. So we're a very robust, very small team, but we try to make a big impact. No, no question. A big impact is absolutely what you've accomplished and with great opportunities coming in the years to come. Mark Raymond, you established something, and I'm going to make it sound like I know what it is and I don't, the Split Second Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about you and the Split Second Foundation, which I understand, though, a little bit supports greater access to healthcare services for people in the disability community? Yeah. So, Eric, I had an accident in 2016 that left me a C5 quadriplegic. So I'm a full time wheelchair user. In that first year, I just saw so many disparities for people with disabilities. Right. Be it from transportation or lack of access to resources, community resources and just healthcare in general. So we started the Split Second Foundation because anybody's life could change in a split second to provide and create resources to better benefit people initially in New Orleans, but now we're about to launch programs throughout Louisiana. And then I got a phone call from my buddy Eric here to help him with his outreach for for ABLE. When he called me in June, he asked me one very specific question. He said, Mark, have you ever heard of ABLE? And I said, no. (laughs) What is ABLE, right? What are ABLE accounts? And he began to explain to me the, the legislation 
and we've been doing this work ever since, but it's a part of my larger disability advocacy profile. And I just want to help. I want to be an asset to people. A lot of people don't unfortunately have this information. And as a team, we've been tasked to, to share information. That is fantastic. And I should already uh, tell you that we have a number of members in Louisiana, and I've told them that we're um, going to have you on as our, on our podcast. And they are already excited about one, listening to the podcast, but they want to reach out to you directly. You have an official position with New Orleans. Are you on a transportation advisory board? Or t- explain that quick. I am the chairman of the Regional Transit Authority in New Orleans. So, so you're uh, really a powerful guy then. That's just what. Uh, I don't know about powerful. I I just do the work. I I oversee the administration, operations, and maintenance of the multimodal transit agency that is positioned here in, in New Orleans. So buses, streetcars, ferries, and a paratransit operation. That's fantastic. Eric, can you give our members some, I'm, I'm afraid to admit, don't know an awful lot about ABLE accounts. So, for example, the law was initially established in 2014. How many ABLE accounts exist today? How much money is, um, if you will, under management in those accounts? So as of September 2022, we now have over 131,000 accounts and about $1.1 billion in assets under management across the 46 states in Washington, D.C. Something, Eric, we just launched and just published for the first time and we'll hopefully be working with you to get information to your members, is that every single quarter from now on, NAS is going to publish the ABLE national data. So we'll be able to give that document to you. And if you could help share it with your members, that way they're every quarter they know exactly how many accounts and assets are in all the ABLE programs across the country. So these are tax-favored ABLE accounts. What do they allow or enable a disabled individual to pay for with these accounts? Mark, maybe you could weigh in because you're involved in all this directly. So the qualified disability expenses really relate to anything related to your your disability, right? So rent, transportation, medical bills, medical equipment, medical or uh, accessibility technologies. And that's that's if you're leaning towards using the account to pay for things directly. You can also use the account as a savings account or an investment account. The beauty in that flexibility is it gives people the opportunity to save if they want to buy a home or really just plan for their financial future. Do the amounts that go into ABLE accounts, do they in any way, are they affected by or do they affect the availability of means-tested benefits, supplemental security, income, Medicaid? Are those benefits protected even if you do have this account set up? The big one that we always point out and and we provide lots of information, including on our ABLE Today uh, National ABLE presentation is the fact that once the account's reach $100,000, monies in the account can then start counting toward your SSI means-tested benefit program. For Medicaid, there is no limit. You can have as much money in the account as possible, and it will not affect uh, your Medicaid benefits. I live and work in Washington, D.C., and I have to admit that I'm a lobbyist, which is it's not doesn't help me make a lot of friends. And I know how hard it is to introduce legislation, secure support for legislation, and then get something passed. It's not easy. You all did it. The Able Age Adjustment Act passed by Congress overwhelmingly with support and signed into law by President Biden. Could Eric or Mark or both of you 
Tell me, our members, what is the ABLE Age Adjustment Act? What are its key features? And why is this such an important accomplishment, not just for ABLE accounts, but for people with disabilities? So the ABLE Age Adjustment Act, Eric, expanded the eligibility age for a long-term disability onset from age 26 to 46, which increased the amount of access for these accounts by about 6 million people. I'm one of those people, right? My injury happened when I was 27 years old. So unfortunately, when I joined this team, I joined as someone who wasn't even able to access the accounts, right? Now, having this legislation passed in 2026, I will be able to open an ABLE account and begin my savings, my plan for my financial future. Perfect. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and Eric, you know, we all know that you're one of the top uh, leaders and lobbyists in Washington, D.C. That's why NASA hired you to, to run, run the ship there, uh, you and Debbie, of course. We have been working on passing the Able Adjustment Act even since the first programs launched in 2016. So it's been a number of years to get to this point. It's been constant work and support, both from the Able programs, the National Association of State Treasurers, from agencies and associations like yourself. Disability organizations throughout the country have continuously helped to kind of keep the beat going to say, hey, we'd like to have more people have access to these positively impactful programs. So thankfully, uh, it just got passed recently. It's signed by Congress. It does not start, though, until January 1st, 2026. So it's the first taxable year after the year 2025. So January 1st, 2026 is when the first time someone up to the age of 46 could enroll in ABLE program. It is a huge accomplishment, and it's greatly needed. I know Eric uh, knows this, Mark, that our members, as I mentioned earlier, work with very seriously, profoundly injured people and it's with, that have a, a tortious claim settlement, that we can take those settlement dollars and help meet healthcare, medical needs, living needs for the rest of their lives. So it's extremely important for our members and their clients to have this Able Age Adjustment Act taken into into law to recognize that injuries and disabilities don't necessarily always start at birth. They can start when you're 27 years old, Mark, as you just mentioned, and to have an arbitrary number like that that qualify you for this account, I think is a fabulous new development, both for, again, for people with disabilities, people that we work with who have become newly disabled. Mark and Eric, let me ask you a question, though, and this troubles me as an advocate. I'm not seeing anywhere near the amount of enthusiasm, interest, sign up that there should be. It almost seems like ABLE accounts are the best kept secret there is. How do you break that logjam? Yeah, Mark and I come from this from two different places, and I, I hope Mark can weigh in after me. The only reason why I'm going first is because I've been doing outreach since the, our Ohio program launched in 2016. I've been on the road. I still often tell the story that when we launched on June 1st, I remember our team in Ohio thinking the next week after we launched, we're going to need to hire more operators. We're going to need to hire more people to man the phone and, and, and handle the inboxes. So many questions are going to come in. And the fact that it didn't was both surprising and shocking to me. It helped us to realize that this information can't sit on a website. It just can't be somewhere where somebody could hopefully find it. And that's where folks like Juliana Chris and, and Doug Jackson, who you know, Eric, Nick Hancar, Jim Bernholz, our, our team in Ohio, we started traveling. We went to every single county in Ohio. We made relationships. We built with stakeholders the opportunity to feed information to the disability community. I say all this because 
this information is not just going to get found by the disability community. It's the best kept secret because we need to find ways and find partners to share the information. They've been told since birth, don't save money, you'll lose SSI, or don't put money in an account in your own name because you'll lose Medicaid. You know, these things have happened, right or wrong, or, or positive or negative, but able accounts are now a real thing. And we need to help re-educate people to understand there's another opportunity, another option for them to save money and keep their benefits. Absolutely. In the transition time after my accident, there was so much information being thrown at you and you're trying to process grief and guilt. And in that space, there wasn't somebody who was really like trying to meet me where I was with this information, right? And really targeting and making me think about benefits, financial planning, and financial future. And I think we've been really intentional about developing strategies to meet people where they are, to offer this information in different ways. So it's not just living on a website, but you have access to me, to Eric and our team to get questions answered and have us in the community and and really doing that outreach more directly. Well, you know, sometimes timing is just about everything. (laughs) This morning, I got a message from an online publication, Disability Scoop. I'm sure you all are both familiar mm-hmm. with it, but it's an announcement about the starting this month. The IRS has lifted the federal gift uh, tax exclusion increase under ABLE accounts from $16,000 to $17,000. And it goes on to talk about the ABLE Age Adjustment Act and the work that you guys are doing and have done. So it does. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of communication. I'd like to maybe toss two quick ideas out And not to put you on the spot, but if I do, I think that'll be entertaining. The first is in the end of April, I think it's April 26th, the American Association of People with Disabilities is holding its annual gala. It's a virtual gala. 1,000, 2,000 disability rights advocates from all over the country participate. I'm a member of the AAPD Board of Directors, and I'd like to work with the AAPD leadership and you two about making a presentation or getting involved with AAPD and and maybe making an announcement or being part of the the official um, activities of the gala to help promote what you all are doing, what this accomplishment is, but also the value, the potential, the opportunity to open an ABLE account for people with disabilities. Yeah, anytime we can work with you and NASA, Eric, we're not gonna say uh, no. But on top of that, working with other organizations and and advocacy groups is how ABLE is going to be successful. So you inviting us to come anywhere, even if it's one person, it's 10 people, if it's 1,000 people, each time someone learns of what an ABLE account is, they become a walking soundboard for, for, hey, there's an opportunity out there. There's an option. You don't have to only do it this way. Check out an ABLE account. Look at this state or look at that state. You know, Go to the ABLE state website. So for us, and, and Eric, you know me longer than Mark. Anytime you've ever asked me to do anything, I've always had to say yes, sir, and thank you. So, of course, we'll be there, and we look forward to being a part of the gala in April. Mark, Eric has never said yes, sir, to me, just to be clear. (laughs) He says yes, sir, to me all the time. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. (laughs) Well, the other invitation, and it's a little bit easier because I'm in charge of it, we have our annual meeting. It's in California. I know, it's horrible. It's in San Diego. But we'll have several hundred structured settlement industry leaders. We'd love to have the two of you 
join us on the program agenda in California. It's all of our national leaders coming. And I think having the opportunity for you to meet them, talk to them, promote the work that you're doing would be spectacular. If you can join us in person, we'd love to have you. If you can't join us in person, we can work something out along having some kind of a virtual presentation. But I think the two of you on our program agenda, we would be honored if we could make that work. It's mid-May, and I'll send you some specific information about it. Okay. And then, you know, Eric, as you know us, you know, we obviously represent the ABLE programs. Everything Mark and I have tried to do, we include our ABLE programs as well. So if we can be there, maybe California can be there. We'd like to open it up to maybe other ABLE programs as well. We we can talk more about it. But one thing I've come to realize is just how much the ABLE programs want to volunteer to be part of national conferences and having the opportunities where our national groups can talk and we can feed these opportunities out. We've not turned away many of them since. Well, we one of our first uh, encounters in working with you and, and 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 the NAS leadership was the opportunity to try to secure Fiona Ma, who's mm-hmm. um, incredibly important official in California, to be on our program agenda. We didn't get Fiona Ma to join us, but last year we did have Ricardo Lara, who is the insurance commissioner of the state of California, who is a big proponent of able accounts. You need to know this, and he's a terrific leader. So we'll try to work something out uh, along mm-hmm. those lines coming up for our program in 2023. Absolutely. You can't just rest on your laurels. You just can't mm-hmm. say, we did it. Now we're the national champions. Georgia is, of course, but you can't just rest. You've got to focus in the future. What are your legislative challenges coming up now that you've built uh, such a strong coalition of support for the Able Age Adjustment Act? What's coming up on your legislative challenges? Yeah, so interesting you mentioned Georgia last night and won the national championship. You know, they had said they're going to take two weeks off and rest up and then get right back to their winter workouts. And and I hope and think that ABLE programs as well, we're already starting to look at the legislative opportunities that we have before us. You know, we have a, a list that needs to be updated and, and reviewed of legislative priorities. Some of those that already are important to us are the fact that there's the Medicaid estate recovery provision that's out there, Eric, you know, probably better than anyone about that. You know, we believe that by eliminating that across the country, it could help bring consistency to ABLE programs. And also it removes the barrier of why people might not want to join. Now, I've had many families and individuals with disabilities say, you know, I'm not interested in putting that out if, if Medicaid estate recovery is still in there. So currently there's 12 states that have Medicaid estate recovery in their state, but there's no national provision. So that's something that remains a focus for us. We believe that the ability for people who are working that have disabilities is a great opportunity for ABLE accounts to expand above the annual contribution. So like you said earlier, it's about $17,000 a year you can put in from any source. If you're working though, and you have an ABLE account, you can put an additional almost $13,000 in. And so that provision though, the, the ability to put working wages in ABLE accounts actually expires on January 1st, 2026. So we would like to extend that or make it permanent. One other piece would connect back into the NASTA relationship is the fact that we would like to have the ability to either do away with the annual contribution limit altogether or increase it even higher and include possibly a lump sum contribution. So for example, if someone were to receive 50 or $100,000 in a settlement, or maybe it's greater than that, uh, that they'll be able to put this legal settlement, this court order settlement in the ABLE account differently than an annual contribution. So those are just like a couple of the priorities that we've had already 
Uh, we need to tweak them and review them and kind of see what else is out there. But those are uh, four tremendous opportunities for us to continue making ABLE accounts better and updating them, making them more attractive to people with disabilities across the country. Well, you know, that's an incredibly exciting and something, you know, is, has enormous support from our members and the community that we work with. We don't see ABLE accounts as a way for structured settlement consultants of the industry to make money. That's not the objective. It's how to make the settlement funds that have been settled, have been delivered, are made available to a newly disabled or seriously injured person, help strengthen their own ABLE accounts. I think that's a terrific opportunity. We'd love to, as you very well know, like to work with you on that. And we are meeting with Senator Casey in a couple of weeks. I know he's your senior champion on Capitol Hill. Uh, He's one of our strongest supporters, along with Senator Wyden uh, from Oregon. So people understand, support, encourage the establishment of ABLE accounts. People understand, support, and encourage the tax-free advantages of a structured settlement. Marrying those two programs together, I think, can only strengthen ABLE accounts, add more people who might have an interest in opening these accounts, and help people live stronger, more efficient, more independent lives under uh, the conditions you all are establishing, which are so impressive. One of the best parts about having the structured settlement lump sum option is the fact that the monies can go into the ABLE account for a person with disability to use today, not for years in the future, not planning down the road, but they'll have access to it for their expenses of their daily life today in the present. And that's one of the best parts of, of hopefully updating it to include lump sum payments. Mark, I don't know if there's other ideas from you. My director just summed it up perfectly, Eric. Well, you know, we we work with about 25, 35,000 people a year and their families who have are, are dealing with the, the most traumatic experience any of us can ever imagine uh, a, a husband, a wife, a child suffering with and dealing with a serious personal physical injury. The ability, as Mark, you said this perfectly a little bit ago, in the face of all that trauma, to have people around you that can say, we're going to work on this together. We're going to help you work through these programs together. And one of those uh, tools in the toolbox, if you will, mm-hmm. establishing an ABLE account and the flexibility that provide you and your family, I think has got some great long-term potential. And we're looking forward to working with you both on that. Yeah, and already, just in case your members didn't know, you know, in that lump sum priority for us, we actually have listed structured settlements as part of that inclusive terms of, of those uh, you know, examples of where the lump sum would come from. So we very much believe in what structured settlements provide people with disabilities and their families. And we appreciate the partnership from NASA and support to hopefully get that money from the structured settlement into the ABLE accounts so they can use. So we very much looking forward to working with you and it might take a long road, but between you and Mark, I think I'm in good hands. Mark, do you agree? I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Eric Vaughn, uh, the hands are better with you than this, um, than this, than this director. <laughs> <laughs> well, you two make a fabulous team, uh, and there's no question uh, why you're being successful, and uh, your enthusiasm is, is infectious. <laughs> I hope we can make something work um, between you two and the American Association of People with Disabilities, and I sincerely hope we can encourage you to join us at the 2023 NS. STA annual meeting, and I'll get a letter of invitation out to both of you directly. Eric, thank you on behalf of NAST. Obviously, we look forward to working with you and having you join our, our working groups. 
And for your members out there, if they're in smaller chapters or different support groups, I just want to leave with you. Mark and I and our team are available to do presentations. We can connect you with the ABLE programs in your state. So if you're looking for an ABLE expert to come provide information and help answer questions, reach out to Eric or, or email us. We're happy to do a presentation. We do them at night. Obviously, people work both day and night. So if we need to schedule something for the evening, just we're available to do that. I hope you don't mind that I'm going to take full advantage of both of you. And we're going to provide as part of this podcast, your direct email addresses, home phone numbers, favorite <laughs> color. I'm kidding. We'll just make sure people know if they want to reach out to you, Mark, they, mm-hmm. they will directly. And Eric, they, they've been doing that to you for quite some time. I want to thank you both very much on behalf of NSSTA and the Settle Smart podcast. I don't ever get a chance to look at this when it's ready to go out and get uh, pre- presented. But I'll make sure the two of you do and make sure we've uh, covered the issues adequately and uh, treated you both as the serious professionals that you are. So thank you both very, very much. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Debbie, for having us. She runs the show. (laughs) Yep. Eric's a great director. See you then. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you. See you, Eric. Take care.